Hello and welcome back to another episode of Building the Future with Dan Rundy. Today I'm joined by Larry McDonald. Larry is a Deputy Assistant Secretary at the U.S. Department of the Treasury. That's a senior civil servant role at the Department of the Treasury where he leads the Treasury's Office of Technical Assistance, OTA. Through OTA, the Department of Treasury provides policy advice and technical assistance to select reform-minded governments seeking to strengthen their management of public finances. Previously, Larry had served as the director for the Middle East, North Africa, and Central and South Asia at the Treasury Department, and he'd been deputy director for international monetary policy, and he'd been an economist in a range of Treasury Department offices dealing with sub-Saharan Africa, the IMF, multilateral development banks, the WTO, and international investment from 1993 to 1996. He served as a trade and investment advisor to the government of Albania on detail from the Treasury Department. Larry, you've had a great career at the Treasury Department. I wanted to have you on to talk about your career. I wanted to have you on to talk about OTA because I think it's an important organization that's not well known outside of some, you know, universes here in Washington and certainly well known outside. But I wanted to have you on to have a conversation about this. Thanks for making time. Thanks so much, Dan, for inviting me uh, to participate I'm very aware of uh, your series, your great series. It takes up big issues related to security and prosperity. And if I have one hope for today, it's that our conversation will illustrate a bit how small things can contribute to big things, how a little financial sector technical assistance program can support uh, strategic goals. So thanks so much. I'm happy to do it. You've had a really interesting career. I think you've had one of the most interesting careers at the Treasury Department of anybody I know. Tell us, how did you get started at the Treasury Department? And tell folks a little bit about your career at the U.S. Treasury. So in 1987, I moved back to Washington after a three-year stint in Paris at the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. And I'd say that the timing of my move was fortuitous in that the Treasury was staffing up to support Treasury's participation in the Uruguay Round multilateral trade negotiations, the Uruguay Round, if you like. That was back when the World Trade Organization, you probably know this, was still known by its original name, the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trade, the GATT. And I was hired to be part of Treasury's negotiating team on financial services and trade-related investment measures. And, um, you know, over the ensuing years, as you as you noted, I've worked in various offices in Treasury International Affairs, and I served really one of the most interesting things I did was to serve for three years as an overseas advisor to the government of Albania. It's super interesting. So what so you then, you know, at some point you ended up at the Office of Technical Assistance. What is OTA and what does it do? So OTA is the office that manages and implements Treasury's little-known but significant international technical assistance program. And what OTA does and what it consists of, it consists of about 200 people total, mostly technical experts in areas related to managing government finances, financial sector oversight, things like revenue management, debt management, budget systems, banking sector supervision, and so on. And its mission is to help developing countries and emerging market economies also strengthen their ability to mobilize and manage more effectively government finances and to promote financial systems that are stable, secure, 
and inclusive. Currently, OTA has capacity building partnerships in about 50 countries around the world, mainly in Latin America, Sub-Saharan Africa, and Asia, but also a few projects in Europe and Eurasia, such as Ukraine, Moldova, Georgia, Latvia, and Estonia. So that's a little bit on OTA. How did it get started and how long has it been in existence? So OTA was created in 1990, so 33 years ago, in response to a great historic event, the dissolution of the Soviet Union and the liberation of countries in Central and Eastern Europe and other parts of the former Soviet Union. The original goal was to support economic and political transition of those countries and to support development of stable democracies and market-based economies. Now, by way of anecdote, I can tell you that OTA's creation, I wish I could tell you I thought it up, but I didn't. OTA's creation was the brainchild of former Treasury Deputy Secretary John Robson and former Deputy Secretary of State Lawrence Eagleburger. Now, Eagleburger was, I'm sure you know, was leading the overall U.S. government response to the fall of the Berlin Wall. And he and Robson were close. Uh, Robson thought that Treasury's financial expertise would be a valuable complement to other aspects of the overall U.S. government and multilateral effort. And Eagleburger agreed. So OTA got its start in response to that tectonic shift in international relations. Wow. That's amazing. That is really amazing. How does OTA differ from other parts of the U.S. government that provide advice? Yeah, that's yeah. a great question. And I would say not, not only uh, from other parts of the U.S. government, but other providers, including multilateral institutions. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot of technical assistance out there. How is OTA different? So I'd say that there are five distinguishing features of OTA. One is that our advisors are all really experienced practitioner. They've worked for many years, frequently decades, in their respective areas of expertise before coming to OTA. Second, OTA emphasizes, really emphasizes, sustained technical assistance engagements. We simply don't do short, one-off trainings. If you care about capacity building and systems capacity, you need to be ready to spend time. An average project for us lasts three to five years. So a third way that we're different, I would say, is that our advisors are embedded in the institutions that we're assisting. They work side by side with their counterparts right in the finance ministry, the central bank, the tax administration, the financial intelligence unit. They're not just visitors, they are mentors. Fourth way that we're different is that we have an ability to deploy really rapidly when circumstances require. Now, we don't just jump in blindly. And in fact, we're careful about where we get involved. But when circumstances require, you know, a national security requirement, we can put people on the ground and have put people on the ground in a matter of days. And then lastly, we, I say, I'm very fond of this expression, we provide bang for the buck. We're a small program, Dan. We're only a $50 million a year program providing assistance in about 50 countries. So I would say that we, we punch above our weight. So tell us about what are some of the more interesting projects OTA is working on right now? So many of our projects are focused on our sort of core bread and butter uh, areas of expertise, but some projects are related to very current topical issues, such as 
scaling up finance for climate and sustainable infrastructure goals, or even strengthening cybersecurity. Those are some very recent and topical issues. I think a specific interesting example is work that we're doing with um, India's National Investment and Infrastructure Fund. OTA helped shape the, re- the creation of the NIF, the NIIF, and helped shape the relationship, the very important relationship between the NIF and the government of India. And that relationship I would describe as an arm's length relationship under which the NIF is managed day to day by people with deep private sector experience, but is but it's also aimed at and does support the Indian government's national infrastructure and development strategy. So we have helped them strike that balance between you know flexibility for finance professionals to do their work the way they're used to doing it in the private sector, but also with attention to the legitimate interests of the Indian government. Now, in terms of cybersecurity, another kind of recent and interesting example, we're working with a country in South America, I'll refrain from naming it, and their efforts to build a system for sharing information among private financial institutions in that country about emerging or even current cyber attacks that are going on. Um, and we're collaborating very closely with others in uh, Treasury on that cybersecurity project. So those are a couple of examples. So how do you work with the IMF or the World Bank or regional development banks or other government agencies that have similar missions or have complementary missions? So we interact extensively with them, both U.S. government agencies like USAID, State Department, um, Millennium Challenge Corporation, but also multilaterals like the IMF and the World Bank. And our interaction takes place or begins to take place even before a project begins. So from the moment when OTA is asked to provide assistance, we conduct an on-the-ground assessment of whether that project would make sense for us to do, and if so, what exactly we would do. And that assessment includes careful consultation with other TA providers from all those institutions I just mentioned to see if, I mean, frankly, see if they're already doing it or if they have done that work uh, previously, what they learned from it, really to get their perspective on what would make sense, get their perspective on the host government's need for assistance and the host government's commitment. This is really important, the host government's commitment to use foreign assistance well. So we do all of that even before we start a project. Sometimes we implement a, a, a component of a much larger project for which another institution is the lead implementer. So there are numerous examples of the World Bank or the IMF being the lead agency or USAID being the lead agency on a project which has a number of different components. And OTA is the provider of one particular component. So for example, we're very strong in audits of certain kinds of of companies in, in any country. And so we work very closely with the IMF to conduct you know, audits of specialized specialized companies as part of a larger uh, IMF program aimed at, you know, fiscal sustainability. So there have been a lot of countries in the last 20 years that have increased the amount of taxes they've collected. Some are in Africa because of the rise of the middle class, some of it because of increased levels of formal economic activity, some of it's because of increased oil, gas, and mining revenues. How do you deal with this issue of, let me call it, increases in managing taxes collected or kind of revenues collected yeah. by governance, governments? Yeah. How's that come across so, your radar screen? Yeah, thanks. So 
Here, I think it's it's important to distinguish between, on the one hand, a set of macro kind of macro policy issues related to resource management, and on the other hand, capacity and institution building related to resource management. Now, OTA is focused on on the latter. We're focused on building the systems, you know, in particular revenue and budget systems that promote transparency and accountability in resource management to develop a kind of, if I can call this an integrated financial supply chain. We hear a lot about supply chains. I think of there being a kind of supply chain that stretches from the natural resource extraction point all the way to the allocation and use of those government funds in a transparent and understandable national budget. The issues that you're describing have you know, different dimensions to them, and we're more focused on the systems building, the plumbing building, if you like, of that. So how about in terms of one of the things that developing countries need to do as they become more developed is figuring out how to borrow money, apply it to productive activities such as building roads and bridges and power stations, investing in longer-term basic or higher education or health. So a lot of governments in the developing world have been able to borrow on their own capital markets or on global capital markets, like global bond markets. How do you help these countries in terms of thinking about how they go out and borrow money? So it's a super important question. And uh, as you're, I've read an op-ed that you wrote on this topic, and as you point out, this topic kind of never seems to go away. You know, there are periods when uh, and I've lived through them, as I'm sure you have, when the world was, or much of the world was in great debt distress, came up with a strategy, the HIPIC strategy. Time goes on, and it seems like it's just a matter of time before the world finds itself in another version of that. And so that's a big, big, big issue. It has many, it has policy dimensions, as well as, you know, sort of strategic dimensions. In your op-ed, you highlighted the matters like uh, China and so on. So I'm not going to claim that OTA is on top of all of that. Our role, I would say, is to help countries that want to stay out of debt distress and not get into it to begin with, or who are trying to work themselves out of um, you know debt, debt distress to build the systems that'll help them do that. And what I mean, what kind of systems do I mean? I mean have a properly structured debt management office, front office, a middle office, a back office, each with clear roles and responsibilities that are respected. Talking about you know the skills to determine you know debt needs and what you can deal with in terms of debt load. Talking about an ability to communicate effectively with market participants. You know not scare them off, not freak them out. And I'm talking about, you know, we're talking about raising funds in a cost-effective manner that minimizes certain sets of foreseeable risks, such as currency risk, foreign exchange rate risk, and so on. And, you know, in that last regard, I would emphasize that one of the things that OTA really stresses in our advice to, uh, in particular, developing countries is to develop your domestic debt markets as the foundation for broader capital markets and financial markets. And when you're going to, when you have the ability and you want, you're going to try to go to international markets, be careful about that. I'm not saying don't do it, 
but don't do so in a way that comes at the expense of developing your foundational domestic debt markets and not letting them wither on the vine just because conditions are favorable for for the time being to borrow internationally or just to show that you can do it. I would say that is kind of our that is a, those are thematic messages that we emphasize with our counterparts to either try to help them stay out of debt debt problems or get out of them in a way that isn't followed by recidivism. So that was kind of a long answer, but that's it's an area that we uh, that we really care about a lot. So this this touches on the issue of obviously we know there's a major debt crisis going on. I you know you talked a little bit about this in your previous answer, but if I say to you major debt crisis, developing countries and OTA discuss how are you helping with this? Obviously you've talked a little bit about this, but I suspect you have some more to say about this. So I mean one thing that I didn't really mentioned in my previous in my previous remark was that OTA works very closely with others in the Treasury Department and others in the US government, but particularly in Treasury, on the things that OTA that Treasury policy officials are best placed to advocate for. So you mentioned a couple of these in your article in your op-ed piece. But, um, you know, my my colleagues, the assistant secretaries for international affairs, the undersecretary, DAS is for regional, for particular regions, and working through the International Monetary Fund. They are, in the first instance, advocating for sound policies that can help a country deal with its current problems or stay out of problems. OTA is, we're either at the table for a part of that discussion, the part of that discussion that concerns institution building, or we can follow quickly in, in the aftermath of those discussions. But we're we are, um, I would say that, that you know, very important is our communication and our coordination with policy officials and treasury and with the key international financial institutions. And I would say in particular with the IMF. It's awesome. All right. So Larry, this is great. If people want to learn more about OTA, is there a website people can go to? Absolutely. Go to the treasury website and, uh, you know, pop in uh, Office of Technical Assistance You'll have plenty of information about OTA's capabilities in different areas. If you're a country that might want this kind of assistance, you can find examples of work that we've done around the world. So, yes, that would be a good place to start. And stop by the Treasury Department, room 3208. I'd be happy to talk to you. Larry, thanks a lot. Thanks for doing this. Look forward to seeing you in person soon. Thanks for your public service. What an interesting organization. Thanks for taking time to speak with us today. Thank you, Dan, for giving attention to kind of a niche area, but I think an important niche. Thank you. I agree. Thanks, Larry. All the best.